0: I don't know how he does that. I don't know how, even though you're the one that's doing the preaching, God can speak to your heart. But God sure did speak to my heart this morning, and I felt very strongly about the message. And I want to finish it tonight. I want to. I want to give you some other super, super helpful things. And as I mentioned this morning in the service, uh, you know, this week God's been so gracious. I mean, Bible study has been just uh, tremendously, tremendously rich. And, of course, I don't have to tell you all that. You know, when you go to this book, it's always fresh. And this week's just been that kind of a week every day. God's just been so good to speak and to, and to teach. And I thank the Lord for that. And God has given me several very, very important messages that I want to share with our church when you guys come back and you're here in the auditorium and some things that I want to share personally with our with our church family. But just praying and seeking the will of God and uh, trying to be very sensitive to the Holy Spirit and uh, and just thinking about the needs of people right now. It seemed like this is the direction that God led us. And so I want you to find your place again in Philippians chapter four, and look with me, if you will, please, at verse number 10. And uh, Paul says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, When I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Here's our text verse in verse number 18. Paul says, but I have all and abound. I am full. I'm full, and I want to talk to you a little bit more about that subject tonight. I'm gonna. To, we just gave you one point tonight. We just sort of hammered one nail this this morning, but I want to give you several other very important points tonight. I'll try to do this pretty quickly. I know that things are a little different when you're watching at home and you've got the kids, and and it's just it's it's hard sometimes. I I certainly understand that, and so we'll try to keep this brief tonight. But let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time and ask God to help us and. And I hope that he will tonight. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to be back at Calvary Baptist Church tonight. And uh, Lord, we just appreciate your goodness to us and your blessings upon us. And Lord, I, I thank you for the way that you spoke to hearts this morning. I pray once again now, Lord, that you would take our time of Bible study. And Lord, I pray that you would literally help our Bibles to come alive into our hearts and our minds. Lord, I pray that those that have never understood the Word of God before tonight, I pray they'd have great understanding. I pray supernaturally you'd give them understanding. Lord, those that, that really never have enjoyed the Bible before now, I pray tonight, Lord, that is about to change. And I pray, Heavenly Father, tonight that as a church family, that you would give us a hunger to, to understand thy words and not only to hear, but God, I pray that we will be doers of the Word as well. I pray, Heavenly Father, for the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, Lord, I understand that I can only speak to the outside, but I'm glad that the Spirit of God can speak on the inside. And so, Lord, do that work that only you can do. Glorify thy Son, Father. Save the lost. Encourage the saved. Father, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, Amen, Amen. We notice in verse number 18, Paul said "But I have all and abound, I am full. I am full. And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight. Give me just a moment to review. We said this morning that the letter to the Philippians is a love letter of sorts. That the apostle Paul is, is writing to express his undying gratitude to a church that's been very faithful to care for his needs In fact, if you were listening to the service this morning, we said that there was at least a time when the church of Philippi was his sole supporting church. Paul didn't have a lot of supporters, uh, just one church that often and again supported him. But let me give you a little something that I did not give you this morning in the Sunday morning service. We also noticed, and this is something that I'm gonna be honest is new to me, something that I just never picked up on before this week, But we also notice that Paul is addressing what might be a hint of division within this good church. And with that, and I'll show it to you in just a moment, but with that I want to say this. There are no perfect churches. There are no perfect churches. The church of Philippi, we believe, was a a good church. It was a strong church. uh, But there was was a problem. And and so just to let you know, just in case you're looking for the perfect church, you're not going to find it. And if you do find it, don't join it because you'll mess it up if you do. The truth is there are no perfect churches. The church of Philippi was a strong church. The church of Philippi was a good church. The church of Philippi had a lot of strong Christians in it, but it had some problems, or at least some. Look, if you will, please, at Philippians chapter four and verse number two. Paul is writing the letter here to the church and he says, I beseech you and, and beseech that that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And then he says, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow or companion. He said, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow labors whose names are in the book of life. And so we believe that there were at least a few ladies in the church, in the church of Philippi, they were having some issues. They were not seeing quite eye to eye. Not like there was a knockdown drag out, but there was some division. And Paul writes to the church and he says, I just want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate you. I want to tell you what a blessing you've been to my life. And then he writes to address this white might be just a little bit of division in the church. And he says, listen, make sure, make sure that you you get on the same page. Make sure that you understand that you're that you're fighting the same battle that you're trying to achieve the same goals. And then he reminds the families in this church, let me tell you the best way to live, and it's just live like me. Paul said, man, he said, I'm abounding. Paul said, I am full. Paul said, I've got the fullest life ever. That's an amazing statement. As we learned this morning, the apostle Paul was sitting in a, a Philippian jail while pinning this letter to the church of Philippi. And yet Paul talks about joy. And Paul talks about rejoicing. And Paul talks about abounding. And Paul talks about uh, being full in the Lord. Now, how is that? That, That's what we addressed this morning. How is it that the apostle Paul could have such a full life? Well, we mentioned this this morning. Number one, Paul was controlled in his thoughts. We're not going to take the time to go back over that tonight. But we notice Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. And Paul mentions things that are true. And Paul mentions things that are honest. And Paul mentions things that are just and pure and lovely and of good report and virtuous. And Paul says, those are the things that I constantly think on. Uh, We said Paul had a controlled diet of things that he thought about. But I want to move on a little bit further tonight. And not only do we notice that Paul controlled his thoughts, but how about this number two? We notice that Paul was content with what he possessed. He was content with what he possessed. Notice in verse number 11, Philippians 4 verse 11, Paul said, not that I speak in respect of want." He said, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Again, I want you to understand that, you know what, That, that these people were just like us. They didn't walk around with a halo over their head. They were were people that had worries, just like you have worries. They had doubts, just like you have doubts. Uh, And and here Paul is writing this letter from jail, and and they're like, Paul, we don't get it. We don't understand. I mean, you're in jail, and yet you're living a, a full life. You're speaking of abounding. And, and, and why is that? And Paul said, this is the reason. I have learned in whatsoever state I am, whether I'm free, whether I'm bound, whether I'm rich, whether I'm poor, Paul said, I've learned to be content. And by the way, it was just a, a few pages later when this old grizzled missionary, this veteran church planter, Talked to another young man by the name of Timothy. And Timothy was going to pastor the church, a metropolitan church in Ephesus. And Paul writes to young Timothy. And he says in 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 8, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain that we can carry nothing out. And he says to this young preacher, And having food and raiment, let us be Therewith content. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 13 5 says it like this Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Can I tell you, church, why some people are never full? Because they're never satisfied. (laughs) They're never satisfied. Oh, listen to me. If we could just get content with where we are, it's amazing how you would begin to abound. Some people are never satisfied, always wanting something else, always wanting something new, something they don't have. They always want what the Joneses have. They always want what the Wilsons have. They always want what the other folks have. And and, uh, oh, listen, just be content with what you have. Love that little story. It's a humorous story. Some of you need some humor right now, don't you? And uh, there was an Amish dad and his boy. And they went into the big city. Never been to the big city. And they went to the big city. And while they were there at the big city, they decided to visit the mall. They had never seen anything like it. They walked around and, man, they saw the bright lights and the stores and, and just, man, all the, just all the things the mall had to offer and they were just literally in awe. But there was one specific thing that just really got their attention, and it was these two shiny doors. And every once in a while, these two shiny doors would open up, and then they would close back again. There were, there were some buttons beside the doors, and, and the Amish dad and son stood there watching. Those doors would open up, and then they would close, and... And the son said to his dad, he said, dad, what is that? And the dad said, son, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I don't know what it is. All of a sudden, they saw this old lady in a wheelchair, old, broken down lady. She rolled that wheelchair to those two shiny doors. She pushed the button and the doors opened up. She rolled her wheelchair in and the doors closed behind her. That dad and son watched as the numbers above the door said one, two, three. Then there was a pause. And it said three, two, one. All of a sudden those shiny doors opened up and the most beautiful, beautiful blonde woman walked out of the doors. The dad looked and he said, quick son, go get your mom. (laughs) Now, you know what? That's what I'm talking about. Man, we just need to be, we just need to be content with what we have. And especially in the day in which we're living right now, let's be thankful for what we have at a time like this and not complaining and not murmuring. And somebody says, well, I know preacher, but you don't understand. I'm not able to eat at my favorite restaurant right now. Uh, Okay, maybe not, but can you still eat? If you can still eat, you ought to be content. By the way, I'm thankful that I get to eat at my favorite restaurant every single night with my favorite redhead right by my side, and, and uh, that's my favorite restaurant. And I'm just saying this, man. Let's don't be so concerned about what we don't have. Let's be thankful for what we do have. And if you can still eat, thank God for it. And if you still got a roof over your head, thank God for it. And if you've got shoes on your feet and clothes to wear and friends to talk to and the blessings of a family. And thank God, at least by way of technology, we can still stay connected to our church family. You know what we ought to do, bless God, we ought to run outside and jump up and down and click our heels together and shout and praise God and say, thank you, Jesus, for being so good to me, a lowly sinner. Amen. Man, there might not be anybody here, but I'm about to get happy anyway. Amen, amen. Paul was controlled in his thoughts. Paul was content. He was content with what he possessed. Hey, let me, just, let me just give you this point. I'll go to the last one here. Number three, we notice that Paul was confined to a godly crowd. Now again, stay with me. How, how can Paul say, I'm full? Because Paul had a certain crowd that he hung around. Now I want you to look with me in your Bibles. Philippians chapter four, and I want you to find your place in verse number three. And Paul says, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow. The word yoke fellow is the idea of a, of a companion. Help those women which, which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with, with other my fellow laborers. And Paul says, by the way, whose names are in the book of life. All oh, these are good Christian people. They love God. They love Jesus. Now, we notice here that Paul gave a warning. And the warning that Paul gave was is that we're to be careful about those that we associate with. Look, look, if you will, Philippians chapter 3. Look back a chapter. Philippians chapter 3, and look with me, please, if you will, at verse number 17. Paul says, brethren, so he's talking to Christian people here, brethren. Be followers together of me, and watch now, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an ensample. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. Look what he says here, church. Who mind, what kind of things? Earthly things. Paul said, you know what? That's not the crowd that you want to hang around. Paul said you want to hang around people that love God and people that are passionate about serving Jesus Christ. That's the kind of folks that you want to make sure that you can find yourself to. Someone said, happy is the man who finds a true friend. Someone else said it like this. What sweetness is left in life if you take away friendship? Robbing life of friendship is like robbing the world of the sun. A true friend is more to be esteemed than kinsfolk. Now, I want to say a word personally tonight to our church. And you say, preacher, I hear you on this. But we can't be with our crowd right now. We can't be with our, our church family right now. We can't confine ourselves. So we're confined, but we're not confined with our church family. And so I want to encourage you as a church family to Get creative. And I want to encourage you to do your best to to stay connected with your church family by, by phone calls, by text, maybe send out a letter, maybe by email, maybe by, you say, well, pastor, I've never sent out an email in my life. Well, you know what, there's no better time than the present to learn. Uh, and an email. You know, what? You, know what's, you know what's exciting? It's exciting to see some of these older folks that are texting for the first time in their life. It may not be what they want to do, but you know what? They're, but they're, they're, they're pushing themselves. They're stretching themselves a little bit, and they're trying to stay connected uh, with their church family. You know what? Some of you folks that are watching have never been on Facebook before in your life. You didn't even know what Facebook was. You didn't even know what a YouTube, you know what a tube of toothpaste was. You didn't know what a YouTube was. And now for the first time, you're, you're, you're getting on YouTube and you're watching Facebook Live. And I want to say, <laughs> bravo, you go, you go. I, I'm for you tonight. And so get creative and stay connected with your, with your church family. Learn what Facebook is. Learn what FaceTime is. Learn what Skype is. Learn what Zoom is. And hey, church family, hey, Calvary, let's stay connected during this time time. Paul was controlled in his thoughts. Paul was content with what he possessed. Paul was confined to a godly crowd. But let me give you this last thought and then a few things underneath it. Number four was this. Paul was careful to pray. Paul was careful to pray. Now look with me. Philippians chapter four and verse number six. Paul said, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful. Now let me tell you what the Bible is trying to teach us here. Very, very important. Don't miss this. If you haven't heard anything else I've said tonight, you hear me on this. The idea here is this in Philippians chapter four, verse number six, that if you are not careful to pray, you will be full of care. Again, look at it. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. If you and I, during this time, anytime, if we don't pray, you know what's going to happen? We will be full of care. And not the right kind of care. I'm talking about anxiety. That's what the Bible's talking about there, anxiety. I'm talking about worry. And so it's important if we're gonna have a full life, if we're gonna be able to say, man, I, I'm abounding, I'm, I, I have a full life, it's important we pray. Now, why is it tonight? Let me give you this, uh, a few thoughts and we're gonna be done tonight. Why is it that prayer helps us to have a full life? Well, number one is this. Because prayer, prayer helps. Number one, prayer helps because God hears us. God hears us. You don't have to turn. I'll just read it for you. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. How many know this? How many know sometimes, sometimes it just helps to be heard? Did you ever have a situation in your life and you just thought, man, I just need to talk to somebody? If I could just talk to somebody, I just need to call mom on the phone, or I need to call my brother, or I need to call my preacher. I just need to to talk to somebody. And it's amazing how when you just, you know what? Sometimes if you don't don't talk, you'll explode. But it's amazing when you begin to talk, boy, it's therapeutic and it helps. Isn't it amazing that God said this in Hebrews four sixteen? Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You say, preacher, I'm confined in my house. I'm confined in my room. I, I, I'm not able to get out. I can't even get out to get... Uh, groceries, my kids are bringing some groceries by, and I just feel like like I'm just shut out from the world and nobody really to talk to, and I want to encourage you, oh, listen, have a talk with Jesus and and talk with the Lord, and I'm telling you what, you know what, the more you talk to God, the more it's going to help you. Prayer helps because God hears, but then how about this, number next is this, prayer helps because God answers us. He answers us. Now, the Lord answers in many different ways. For instance, he answers us through his preserved word. There's somebody probably watching tonight, and you're saying, preacher, why? Why is all this happening? Let me encourage you to get in your Bible. Did you know that God answers through his holy word? And you pray and say, Lord, would you teach me? Lord, would you show me? Lord, why are we in this dilemma? Why are we in this crisis? Lord, why are different things happening in my life that are happening? Hey, if you'll pray that prayer sincerely and genuinely and then get into your Bible, I'll promise you something, that God Almighty will speak to you through your Bible, through His Word. He answers through His preserved Word. How about this? He answers through His preachers and His teachers. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that. And He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's why you ought to tune into the live stream. And then as soon as this thing is done and the world opens back up, that's why, brother and sister, we ought to be at the house of God with bells on. You know what? You know what? When this thing is all done, we ought to, and there probably will be, we ought to have people showing up an hour and a half early before the service starts. That's probably going to happen, by the way, and I told some folks the other day, when this is all done, we're going to have to have Sunday school at 9 o'clock from 9 to 11 just so folks can fellowship and love on, uh, on, uh, on one another. And, but he answers. He answers through his preachers and he answers through his teachers. How about this? He answers us through his provision and his protection. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 6, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. But I want to give you this this last thought and we're going to be done tonight. How about this? Prayer helps because it preoccupies us. You say, preacher, what's something I can do to get my mind off of coronavirus? Go to God. Get to your prayer closet. Get to the throne of grace. Through prayer, let me tell you what happens. We begin to get our focus off of the problem and onto the problem solver. Prayer helps us get our our eyes off the situation and onto the Savior. Prayer helps us get our attention off the sadness and onto the solution. Prayer helps us get our focus off of the slanderer and onto the scripture. Hey, you know what what prayer does? It preoccupies us and gets our mind off the problems and off off the bad things. Listen, have you ever done this? Have you ever tried to get your kids photographed? Maybe you're trying to do a family uh, you know, family album or something and you went to one of these. You, may, you maybe even went to a professional photographer. Your kids were little. And how many know their attention span's about that long? They get distracted by everything. Every squirrel in the tree, every bird that flies by, every leaf that falls. And so, you know what? You're trying to get them to smile. You're trying to get them to look at the camera. And so you know what you did or you know what somebody did? If you had an experienced photographer, Somebody got it behind the camera. Someone got it behind the photographer and they got something in their hand that was noticeable to a child. And they waved it up here or they said, hey, look here. Or they made funny faces and they said, Hi, look here, look here, look here. And uh, you know what you were trying to do? You were trying to get your kids' attention off the, all the other distractions and get their focus and their vision directed in the way it was supposed to be. You know what prayer does? Prayer gets our direction and our focus off of all of the distraction. And it gets our attention on the only place our hope and our prayer or our help's going to come from. And that's God. So I want to encourage you tonight. Prayer is Gets us looking in the right direction. I know we're, we're living in uncertain times. Things We're seeing unprecedented things, things that I've never seen in my, in my life, lifetime. But I think I can honestly say this. I'm full. Man, I am full. I'm blessed by the best. I'm blessed beyond measure. Things have changed, but my salvation has not. (laughs) Culture has changed, but my Bible has not. And my God is the same. In fact, God said, I change not. I'm full. And I want you to be full as well. Would you bow your heads with me, wherever you may be tonight? It's very possible that somebody is watching, maybe even for the very, very first time tonight. You've never tuned into our live stream, and as you were listening tonight, you were saying, "You know what, preacher? My life's not full. I'm as empty as I've ever been. I've, I, it seems, I've lost my way. It seems I have no direction." Preacher, do you think? Do you think my life could be full? I want to say absolutely. But if you're listening tonight and you don't know that you know that you know that you're born again, saved, on your way to heaven, would you let me just tell you several things? Number one, the Bible says we're sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. We're all imperfect creatures, including the guy that's talking to you. We're sinners. And because of our sin, the Bible says that there's a penalty we have to pay. Romans six twenty three. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Revelation chapter 20 says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Dear friend, if your name is not written in the book of life, hell will be your destiny. But I've got some great news. God loved you so much that he gave his only son for you. Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, the Lamb of God, the Bible calls Him, the Lamb of God, Jesus came to this earth. And every sin that I've ever committed, every sin that you've ever committed, Jesus took those sins on Himself. He went to the cross of Calvary, and there on Calvary's cross, He bore the penalty for our sin. God poured the sin of mankind upon His precious Son, and there our sin was judged in Jesus Christ. They put him in the grave, but three days later, God raised him from the dead. And he's a living, resurrected Savior. And he would love to save you tonight. You say, preacher, do you think Jesus will save me? I know he will. You say, but but but, pastor, I'm, I'm imperfect. I, I've got some issues. Do you think Jesus will save me? Yes, he will. If you'll turn your life to him, Right now, would you just do this? Would you open your heart to him? He said this, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open, Jesus said, I'll come in, sup with him and he with me. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be, not might be, shall be saved. Right now, wherever you are, wherever you are, I don't care who's around you, right now, Would you just bow your head and say something like this to Jesus, dear Jesus. I'm sorry for my sin. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me. And oh God, I ask you to cleanse me of my sin. I believe that you died for me and rose again. And right now, dear Lord, please come into my heart and life And save my soul once and for all. I trust you this night as my Lord and Savior. Take me to heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now help me to live for you in Jesus' name. Hey, my friend, if you prayed that prayer tonight and you meant business, Would you do this? Would you just post it however you're watching? If you're watching on Facebook or you're watching through uh, through, uh, YouTube, if you would just post it and say, I just received Christ. Pastor, I just got saved. Preacher, I just became a believer. Would you post that so we can rejoice with you tonight? Maybe there's somebody watching tonight. you say, preacher, I'm born again. I've already been saved, but boy, my life's not full. But tonight, I'm making some changes. Tonight, I'm making some decisions. I want to have that full life like the Apostle Paul. I don't want to go through life empty. I want to know that fullness of joy. Hey, if that's you, would you post that so we could rejoice with you? man, we want to just shout and praise the Lord with you. And then if you're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, I hope you'll continue to tune into the live stream. And then once this all is done, we want you to come. We want to shake your hand. And we want to welcome you into the family of God. Calvary family, to all of our Calvary family, I can't even tell you how much we love you. And we miss you, and we appreciate you. And hopefully, Lord willing, it won't be too long. We'll be back together again soon, okay? Listen, this week, we'll be airing Countdown to Courage every day around 3 o'clock. Hope you'll tune into that, be praying for that. And then, Lord willing, Wednesday night at 7.30, we'll be live streaming again. God bless you. Have a great night.